Welcome to With Maze and Mal, a podcast where two sisters come together to talk about growing up, living life, all while managing a rare chronic illness. We have lots to say, and we are finally sharing our stories. We want to acknowledge that we know everyone's experience will look different, and everyone's story is valid, so don't think your journey has to look just like ours. We are not medical professionals, so any recommendations we make on here are based on our own experiences and any changes you make to your care should be discussed with your providers. So it's been a minute since we last did an episode of With Maze and Mal. Um, Life has sort of been busy, uh, eventful. I think we both have just sort of been taking things as they come. And the podcast sort of took a backseat while I finished grad school and, um, you know, everything kind of wrapped up and I started sort of the next like chapter of my life, I guess. Um, So we thought we would just use this as an opportunity to sort of update you guys a little bit of a reset. We hope to get on a more sort of regular schedule in terms of uploading and recording and all of that. So this is sort of our rebranding, relaunching, and just getting ourselves back out there. So thanks for bearing with us in the meantime. But um, Mal, what have you been up to in the last, I don't know, six months? However many months. Um, But also, wait, 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 wait. Maisie is just like, oh yeah, I finished grad school. So I've been busy. Yes, uh, we're still going to take a minute to um, celebrate that Maisie got her master's degree and it was not easy and I still think we will take some time to go back and sort of rehash everything that grad school is and is not. Um, but for now, let's just, um, celebrate that Maisie has her master's in social work and it is done and it's exciting. And I think it's, you know, a big milestone for our community, for people, you know, living with rare diseases. And it's just a huge, milestone. So we're very proud of you, Maisie, even though you won't um, allow yourself to be proud of yourself. So there, that I think is the biggest announcement. Thank you. I appreciate that. It just felt like the last, like, and we will, you know, I'm sure we'll do an episode on like, I think we did college. Maybe we'll do one on grad school or something. Cause it is a completely different world. Um, but this last semester was just survival mode, you know? Um, so I didn't really have a chance to like, I guess like process it. I don't know. It just felt like I wrapped up one thing and dove right into the next, which like, that's sort of how I live my life. Like there's, there's no such thing as downtime, but, um, yeah, it was, it was a whirlwind for sure. So thank you. I appreciate you celebrating me and it is love you. an accomplishment, but oh man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I want to take some time to, you know, after I give sort of some brief updates to talk about, you know, what you're going to be doing and the work that you want to do, because it's, it's so important. And I think you are just one of those people who will dive right in and already are diving right into um, your next step. And I think for both of us, things have just been like you said, a total whirlwind. Um, I've been 
working. I've been in my job for a year now. Um, we just had our annual conference, um, which was virtual. Um, and I think that is, you know, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, it allows people who may not be able to participate otherwise to come together. Um, but as I think we're all sort of feeling, you know, this is year three of Zoom conferences and I'm sort of over it. <laughs> it's really hard to not meet the people that you work with. I mean, I haven't ever met my coworkers um, and you can only do so much networking and so many virtual happy hours before you just want to see people in real life. Um, so that was a long week of, of Zooming. Um, and I also think, you know, in the midst of a lot of things that are happening in our country right now, things that we found out about, you know, mid-conference really made it hard to think about making small talk with people as we're like so deeply immersed in this work um, of, you know, women and children's health and public health and the issues that are going on in our country. So it just was like a really heavy um, week, I think. Um, but I, in a couple of weeks, I do have an in-person meeting, which I also feel is sort of this weird space that we're all trying to navigate of like, what does it mean to have the option to go in person, you know, and be somebody who represents like, those with lived experience and also represent the voices of people who aren't able to be there in person um, as things are, are just sort of transitioning and it feels like it's really fast, but you know, we're three years into this and people are vaccinated. And so we're sort of just at this point, you know, and Maisie and I were just talking about this of having to make those decisions of, of what's best for you physically and mentally and emotionally. And so I am really looking forward to having some FaceTime with some of, you know, people that I really care about and really respect in my work. But also I'm sort of like, what do I wear? How do I travel? You know, I haven't traveled for work um, since I want to say 2019, I think. So it's just been like this really, you know, weird shift. And I feel like I went from sort of like this, zero to a hundred, like everything is virtual. And now all of a sudden it's like, I'm traveling every single month this summer and I'm excited for it, but it's also, you know, travel is really stressful now. It's really crazy. And when you travel with any kind of disability, I think that is just like amplified. So I don't know, it's just been a, a lot to process and navigate. And I'm trying to just sort of take it like one event at a time while also like planning my entire summer um, and I know you have a lot of stuff coming up too, Maisie. Um, do you want to talk about some of the work that you're doing and, you know, kind of where you hope to go in your career now that you're an MSW? Yeah, definitely. So I think before that, though, I just want to speak to it because like during the last semester of school, I was also working in the, like the back in the food service industry in a little coffee shop and <laughs> I think there's this weird dichotomy where people expect things to be back to quote unquote normal. Um, and I don't really think we even know what that is anymore. 
And I don't think a lot of people are there yet. And even just in terms of like on a very superficial level, in terms of like what we're able to get in our delivery orders and, you know, being short on items and being understaffed because some of our coworkers just tested positive, like those things are still impacting the way you know, small businesses and and coffee shops and, you know, your favorite restaurants and stuff run, but also like larger organizations too, and, and nonprofits. And like, it's not, there is no normal anymore. And I think the, the fact that we are trying to force this sense of normalcy is making people even more, um, angry, just like, disgruntled and um yeah so that's been really challenging um because things are not normal and I don't know that they ever will be um in the way that we knew them to be and so yeah there's kind of this like this two sides of the same coin where people are like you know it's still happening people are still struggling hospitals are still struggling and people are like I want my latte and I want to go on vacation and I don't care about anybody. So it's very hard to like find that balance between like continuing to live your life in a way that feels productive and also having respect, like you said, for the people who can't go about their life like that for fear that, and, and because of the reality that like, this is not like COVID isn't gone. You know what I mean? So I, it's, it's a really hard line to toe and, you know, frankly, really like ableist of people to be like, well, it's done. Like we can start doing things in person again. And, you know, like you said, like Zoom has created a lot more access for people um, and that that safety for people. But I think it also comes with this sort of connotation of like, well, why don't you want to meet in person? So I think it's just like a really weird place to be. And I think you and I are both sort of navigating that um, like you said, in sort of our everyday life. So that's my spiel about that. Yeah, I I feel like I've talked about this before, at least, you know, to you and I and maybe on the podcast, but there is, like, none of us will ever be the same. And I feel like there's almost this grief cycle that we're not acknowledging of, like, who we were and the lives that we had before COVID because for me, like I lost a lot of my friends, not like physically due to COVID, but even leaving a job, you know, going fully remote. A lot of people moved, moved cities, moved states, bought houses, you know, aren't in the city anymore. And also just realizing the amount of people that were your friends because you had the same job or you went to the same bars or, you know, just you felt very differently about all of this enough to like not talk anymore. And I don't think we give enough weight to, you know, not only have, you know, physical places change, like our community places we found community no longer exists. Like we have to completely rebuild what this looks like. I have a different job. I'm fully remote. Owen has a different job. We've gone through, you know, a lot of losses that were sort of just like, oh, well, on to the next one. And I think it's going to take years for us to even really figure out what 
what that means. So I just, I mean, thank you, Maisie, for, for talking about that because, you know, even us, you know, we're sort of like, okay, what do we talk about? Let's just talk about what we have going on in our lives. But I mean, even since October, so many things have changed. So yeah, I think this discussion will continue in a lot of ways as we move forward, even just with our podcast. Yeah. And I just want to add to like, we've always been huge proponents of like genuine self-care, not in that, like, you know, take a bubble bath, book a vacation, drink a glass of wine, whatever, but honoring the difficult feelings that continue to come up because this has been a collective trauma and we are witnessing some hugely historical events and are just expected to go about our life. I think that's the most challenging thing. I mean, I, I know this, <laughs> I feel so bad, you know, we're like 10 minutes into this and it's just been like doom and gloom, but, but honestly, I think there needs, we need to hold space for some of the things that have happened. I mean, you know, we're going through a pandemic. We've witnessed a huge period of civil unrest. Like the Supreme court is just trying to like strip women of their rights. Like 18 children were murdered. Like you know, call call it what it is. Like, this is not, none, none of this is normal, you know? So I think the fact that like, I was, I, I'll, I just want to go on a tangent for a second because like, this is very much where I'm at, like emotionally and mentally, like I was on my way to job number two from job number one with my master's degree on the day we found out about the most recent shooting in Texas. And I just wept. I just openly sobbed because I graduated with a cohort full of amazing, compassionate, intelligent people who want nothing more than to help people and, you know, offer them resources and services and support so that things like this don't happen. Um, And we are making, you know, 15 bucks an hour to try to do this. And it was just so discouraging. It was so discouraging that I and so many people I know have worked so hard and it just felt so disheartening to realize that like we, there there are just so many holes. There are so many gaps um, and it's so easy for people to fall through the cracks in this world. And so that, that is very, I'm like, just to be completely like transparent because that's, you know, what we've always done on this podcast, but that is very much where I'm at. Um, and it's really, difficult um especially like so when the supreme court leak happened uh at the beginning of may at the beginning of this month um literally a week later i started a new job in reproductive health um so that was very relevant and very uh emotional and challenging um knowing that our country is basically against the work that i am most passionate about and it was you know over time i was like wow this is you know, we need to take this and and let it sort of fuel the flame, but it's exhausting. It's exhausting getting knocked down and having to pick yourself back up over and over again in a country that has proven that it doesn't uh, give a shit about you. So yeah, what a time, what a time. Yeah. Well, and one of my friends actually messaged me on Instagram or had a story on Instagram Um, you know, she works in, in health policy at a national level. And she literally just said, you know, it it makes me think about a career change because 
I just, you know, this information is, we're just saturated and there's nothing we can do. (laughs) And it just feels like, you know, being in public health through all of this has just been, you know, I feel like sometimes we're just like screaming into a void, you know, with these very, you know, we're like making toolkits and checklists and handing out, you know, brochures and things like that. And it, it feels, it feels futile sometimes. And, you know, when we found out about the, the, and I hate even saying most recent school shooting because it's just constant gross sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we were then expected to go to a virtual reception and, and network. And, you know, my coworkers and I were just like, I can't, I don't want to. And the fact that it's on zoom and we're supposed to just make small talk, you know, we're not even together in this moment to really like connect on it. And it just felt so superficial. And I, you know, not to say that my organization, you know, isn't trying and they put out a statement and, you know, but, but, Again, we're just supposed to go about our business. The conference continued, you know, there was, you know, we're told to network, but also take care of ourselves and step away if we need to, but also staff three sessions a day. Like the information is just so conflicting and we're not given that time and space to even, to even process. It's just autopilot. It's performative. Like I know that sounds really jaded, but it is. Everybody at this point just wants things. Like I said, they just want things to be normal and they expect everybody to just like, if we pretend things are normal, things will be normal. And I had a Zoom session that day too um, about planning events for Pride actually. And the facilitator, it it was similar, um, but the facilitator was like, I just want to acknowledge and hold space for everything that is happening and not ignore the impact that it has on the work that we do. And she said, you know, pride started out as a riot and we need to let all of these things fuel us and use that energy and that spirit to propel us forward and represent, you know, the communities that we are supporting and that we are allies for And it was just like, it felt, it felt a little bit more real because she, I mean, obviously we, we did still have work to do. She wasn't like, you know, pride's not happening anymore because more people die. (laughs) Like that's so fucked up. But like, she was like, you know, it's really, it's, it's really hard and we see that and we know that. So it's like, it's so challenging to like, to be like, yeah, like things have to keep going, but like, at what point do we like pause and say, this isn't, this isn't right. You know? Yeah. And one of my coworkers had um, a really great quote where she said something like, just because something is common doesn't make it normal. Um, And I think, you know, it can be easy to get complacent with the frequency that these public health emergencies are happening. And it just feels like every, every day, every week, it's, it's like we, we have this crisis response communication team and like we can't communicate fast enough in all these things that are, that are happening. It's just, it's, it just feels surreal. 
Yeah. And like, I, you know, I posted like a Facebook status and I just feel like this is our, we created this podcast so we could have a platform and we could talk about the things that we want to talk about and frame them in the way that we want to frame them. And I think a lot of people who know us and who listen to this um, sort of already know how we feel about a lot of the issues that have sort of come up recently. Um, But I took a look at like the federal budget for like military law enforcement um, things like that. And then compared them to the federal like mental health and like Department of Health and Human Services budget. And like, I, I really just urge people to to do that and just sort of like see where this country's priorities lie. And I I understand, you know, like we've always been a big military country, I guess. I don't know how to say that, but like, you know, support the troops, whatever. But these things are going to continue to happen if we don't help people and if we don't start seeing things like substance use and homelessness and um, domestic abuse. Like all of those things are tied to, I, I'm not saying that everybody who struggles with mental health is going to complete these things or, or do these things or perform these actions or whatever. But I am saying there is a correlation between mental health challenges and a lack of access to resources and the violence and horrific things that we're seeing. Um, And the people who have the power to make those changes um, have a lot of financial reasons not to, you know? So I, I just like, I think, I think we need to look at the bigger picture and I think we're failing to do that as a country. And we're just like, you know, Oh, here's a brochure. Here's another like grant to try to make a program that's going to last for a year. And then you're going to run out of money and you're going to have to, you know, beg for more money. And that shouldn't be how mental health services are run. Like the thing, like it, it just shouldn't be like, it should be the same as like having a primary care provider, which is also way more difficult than it should be, but it's more streamlined. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so infuriating like watching these events occur while my friends are like struggling to get jobs while organizations are you know offering people like ten thousand dollars to work for them but like no health insurance or something like that you know what I mean it just make it make sense like it it doesn't make sense so I don't know and even talking about like what our country prioritizes look at the the formula shortage right now like we can't feed children and medical supply shortages that nobody is talking about. And it's so clear and so terrifying what populations are being prioritized. And it's not us and it's not children and it's not women. (laughs) And it's just really scary, really scary. And like Maisie and I were talking the other day and I was like, I literally can't let myself spiral about it because it's so scary that these things are, are a reality. They're, they just are. Um, and I, I definitely want to talk more about um, our recent healthcare experiences and sort of how we've been impacted by some of these shortages and, and lift that up. Um, but there's just, there's just so much to get into. Like just it's, I don't even know what's happening right now. 
Yeah. And I feel like I, I, I really do feel guilty that, you know, we haven't done an episode in months and we're just like, well, shit's awful, <laughs> but it's, we have to be authentic about it or we'll explode. You know what I mean? This is our one place where we can be like, this is what I've wanted to say for so long about this. And this is, this is my void to scream into. So if you are in the void and listening, we hugely appreciate you. Um, yeah. And I just think like, it's, it's important stuff to talk about. So, and, and I think the other piece is like, you know, these are kind of our updates. Like we are both so deeply in the thick of all of these issues that to talk about what we're doing in our lives is to talk about what is happening in the world around us. So I, I don't want to be like, yeah, I got my master's degree and I got a job and I also got two more jobs and like, I'm going back to the gym and it's great. Like, I don't, I don't know. It all feels so just petty. It all just feels so superficial. And we're, I mean, I think part of, you know, our authenticity is that we do celebrate things. We do, you know, find the good. Like this weekend was my birthday. I went out and had a great time with my friends and, found a balance of relaxing and also having a good time. But we are not people who endorse toxic positivity. Like it was hard to have fun. It was hard to allow myself time to just sit by the pool, to read a book, to go laugh with my friends because I'm so deeply aware of what is happening. And I think as public health and mental health professionals, that is where we also need to hold space is that we have to allow ourselves to find the good when there's good to be had. And also know that by doing that, we're not being naive to the world around us. And I think sometimes that can feel petty, but we have to do both for our own mental health. Like after the week that I had, like I needed to go drink tequila on the roof with my friends and we laughed and it was great. And that doesn't mean that when I wake up tomorrow, I'm not going to be doing the work. And so I just think, you know, like we're not out there saying everything is okay, but we also have to like let ourselves have fun <laughs> because if we don't like that's we how, can't get get up and do the work right that's how burnout happens and that is also not talked about enough and I think we'll talk more about that in our graduate school episode if and when that comes to fruition but yeah. um, I think that's kind of a good transition to something a little bit lighter but um, a friend of mine a friend of ours recently we were talking and he said you know something that you and I have in common is that we think and feel very deeply about everything and we can't turn it off. And it's like, you know, once it's like a fish realizing it's in water, you know what I mean? When you start to see social injustice in the world, you can't not notice it, you know? And, and I don't want to give that up. Like, I don't believe that ignorance is bliss. And I, I'm so grateful for the knowledge and the opportunity and the, the power that I do have 
through my education and the knowledge that I've accrued, but, um, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. It can be really exhausting. So, um, today I was talking to my friends about it last night. Um, I had what I call a hard reset day. So like when a computer or like a piece of technology isn't working, you can do like a soft reset where you like, you know, just reset, like just try and restart it and like hope everything boots up. Right. But you can also do like a hard reset where you just like hold the power button and like let it die and then bring it back to life. And so like when I feel things getting out of control, I, and, and by that, I just mean like, you know, laundry's everywhere. Dishes are piling up. Like, you know, my bathroom's gross. My bedroom's gross. I haven't changed my sheets in a month. Like, you know, stuff, life happens and we just sort of get caught up in the, the sadness and the chaos and the, you know, the day-to-day nonsense and those things fall by the wayside. So I have, you know, my hard reset day and I make a list of all the things that I want to do before the beginning of the new week. So today it was like all my laundry, just all of it. Um, change my sheets, clean my makeup brushes. I don't, I don't remember the last time I did that. I think I was in my old apartment. Uh, that's gross. I just keep buying more. I don't clean the ones I have. Colourpop, sponsor us, please. And then what else did I want to do? Um, There's something else, but like, it's just all the things that like, I know I don't have the energy for during the week, but they need to get done. So I had nothing else today. I didn't have to work. It was the one day in like two weeks, I haven't had to work any job. And I did all of it like before noon and looking at it all together, it seemed so daunting. And like in the throes of like, seasonal depression and (laughs) daily depression and, you know, just that, that day-to-day grind, like it, it seemed impossible. And I just took a few hours in the morning and I just put on a podcast and like busted it out, you know? So like that to me felt very refreshing, rejuvenating, and it gave me the wherewithal to sort of start a new week. Like I have a nice clean bed to sleep in tonight Um, clean clothes to wear the next day. And like, it's hard. It was really hard, but I had like two cups of coffee and I just did it. And so I think that is like my little burst of toxic positivity because I know it's not that easy for everyone. Um, And it was really hard for me too, but, um, but it's done. And I don't need another hard reset for, you know, a while. I probably shouldn't go as long without cleaning my makeup brushes as I did, but it got done. So that's kind of, that's, that's just sort of how I like get things back on track when I feel myself really sort of spiraling. Yeah. And I will say, um, after my, uh, weekend of birthday shenanigans today, um, has been our chore day and I switched laundry over, um, which I will say, um, in, in terms of small victories, we, um, for the first time since moving to Denver, have an accessible washer, which um, I have not been able to do laundry uh, for years. So I finally just asked our apartment building um, if it was something we could get as a reasonable accommodation. Uh, when we first moved in, we were told that if we bought our own, they would like switch it out. But I knew that some units since then had been upgraded to the front loader um, washer. And I was like, you know what? This is a prime example of uh, you don't get 100% of the things you don't ask for. And the worst thing they could say is no. So uh, the past couple months, Owen um, started a new job 
as an early childhood educator, which was totally not something I thought was still on his radar. Um, But what that means is that he is also working full-time. So this is the first time where both of us have been working full-time. And we've always talked about like when that time came, what that would look like, what supports we would need, how it would work. And what's great is that I am 100% remote now. So I have a little bit more opportunity during the week um, to get some things done, which meant that it would be great if I could also do laundry if needed. So um, we were granted a front-loading washer, which I am eternally grateful for. Um, We have incredible building management. They didn't bat an eye. Um, We didn't have to pay for it. And for folks that know about asking for accommodations or finding accessible housing, um, it literally like makes me emotional to even think about like, so when I say I have been able to do laundry, it really is a huge gift um, for us to be able to to do laundry, to do laundry independently and to do it safely. And so um, it's really like made our chore days a lot easier. And for us to be able to sort of divide the responsibility um, and for us to be able to keep up with our household chores um, easier. So that is a little bit of a small victory um, in advocacy land and just um, has made it easier to sort of navigate the day-to-day. So when we do have our weekends, um, we're able to spend time with each other and do sort of those like other emotional reset things. So I just wanted to share that as like a small victory because we out here looking for the small wins. Absolutely. It's, you know, take, take what, but honestly, that's a big one. Like they didn't, the, the fact that you were willing to like pay for your own and you were like, please just like put it in like that. That's amazing. I love them so much. Like everything you post about your housing situation just like makes my heart grow. Cause it's, it's not easy. And I mean, housing in general is not good yeah. right now, <laughs> but well, and the other thing I will say is a few times now we've actually had our building folks, um, just bring my TPN delivery to our door, which is, I mean, we have thought in every apartment we've lived in to try to get it as close as possible. Mm-hmm. Owen has to go into the, the mail room and, and pick up the 40 pound box of TPN that we always talk about. And so, you know, the last couple of times, like our maintenance, um, folks uh, who live in the building, they were going to get their own mail and saw my weekly delivery. And he was like, Hey, do you want me to just like bring that over for you? And I was like, Oh my God, you don't even know. And you know, not to like get into like the whole spoony, spoony, woony stuff, but you know, we both have full-time jobs and our energy at the end of the day, if there's one thing that can be made easier for us, like, it can be hard to ask for help and Owen will like, he is not the kind of person to like ask for help, but if somebody offers and it's already done for, you know, he doesn't have to do it when he gets home after working a 10, 12 hour day. Um, it just, it makes a huge difference. And we're so grateful for our uh, little community. And I feel like we can't ever live anywhere else now. So it's just, you know, those things just at the end of a long day, at the end of a long week, like we're just so, so grateful. Yeah, that's, (laughs) that's one thing Nick 
often helps me with is like putting my delivery away. And so I have a fridge upstairs in my little office supply room now, which is so amazing. And, but it means I once again have to lug my 40 pound TPN box up a flight of stairs. And, uh, he, he does it for me most of the time. And every time I like, he doesn't under, I hope he understands like how, helpful that is because yeah at the end of the day like or even like if I'm on my way to work or running late or whatever and I see it it just like it's like a punch in the gut like you know of of all the things that like come with this medical nonsense I think that's honestly one of the uh the most annoying is the lugging and the packing and the putting away and the organized like I mean, there's, there's a lot of bullshit that comes with it. Don't get me wrong. But like at the end of a long day, like that little, mm, just the yeah. shell that breaks the camel's back. Well, and on Thursday, um, it just magically appeared at the door. Someone, I think it was the same guy had like put it at the door and I opened the door and saw it and was like, oh my gosh. And it still is difficult for me to like push it like into the apartment and our mailman who I also love happened to be putting the mail in the mailboxes. And he said, Mallory, do you want me to push that in your apartment for you? And I was like, he does not have to do that. It's probably a huge liability for him to do that. And I wasn't going to ask because I don't know what mailmen can and are not allowed to do. (laughs) Um, But I was like, Oh my God. Yes. And he pushed it inside. And I was just like, so nice so I I'm just so grateful like you know there are a lot of shitty people in the world right now but I feel really grateful for our little support network that we have you know sort of built over the last couple years and I I do think that it's sort of brought people together in a way um when you've been in the same building in the same four walls for the last three years um people you know our mailman knows my name which is not something we have achieved in in other cities that we lived in. So it's just, it's just nice um, to feel supported sometimes. Yeah. I almost feel like the, these last, like, God, I can't believe it's been three years, but like these last three years have really like pulled people in one of two directions. Like I feel like it's either, and, and I'm generalizing in a very big way, but I feel like it's either made people, a lot more patient and compassionate and understanding and really put things in perspective or it's made people a lot more jaded and angry and hateful and demanding. (laughs) And like those two, like, it's so funny because even in a day at work, I'll see those two like ends of the spectrum. Like there was one day, uh, a gentleman was watching, he had like ordered food or something right after this big family. And I had to, so I had to make their food order and then, um, like make coffee and like we had just opened. So it was like the first customer of the day. And so I was just, I was doing, I was doing a bunch of different things at once and I got him his sandwich finally. And I said, thank you so much for your patience. And he put a tip in the tip jar and he goes, I don't know what they pay you here, but it isn't enough. And I was, it was just like that small gesture instead of him being like, why is my sandwich taking so long? He was like, I see you. You're doing everything you can. I really appreciate it. Like you're doing a great job. Like if you tell somebody in, in the service industry right now that they're doing a good job, they'll cry. 
don't cry on the spot. <laughs> I promise you, because <laughs> that'll be the nicest thing they've heard all day. So yeah. be that, be that person. Well, and even too, you know, with our like pharmacy and like medical company, like I've had conversations at like midnight about a pump that is not working and, you know, because there's a tubing shortage or whatever. And, you know, I, we're, they're just navigating it too. And they're trying to get people what they need to stay alive. And they're trying to pivot and, you know, figure out who gets what, when, and, you know, I'm always just like, thank you so much for, you know, even entertaining this complaint about this very small thing. Um, I know you guys are just doing the best you can. So I don't know. Everyone is just, for the most part, everyone (laughs) is just doing the best they can. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Just be kind. Grace costs nothing. Mm -hmm. So be patient. I don't know. We all, we all out there trying. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, good things are in the works. Good, you know, relatively speaking. So I got this new job. Um, doing stuff in the world of reproductive health. So that is empowering. It's the type of work I want to do. And one of the things that I really struggled with during um, or like contemplating going into like the more clinical side of social work was that there are so few resources or so few accessible resources. And I knew I would have a really hard time you know, looking people in the eye and saying like, yeah, this service that you need is going to be available in 10 months or something like that. Like the waiting list is so long. Um, And I have a very like systems perspective brain. Like I see everything through a sort of macro lens and I knew that would really bother me. And so the position that I have now, I get to actually like bring the resources to organizations and members of the community directly and make sure that they get what they need before I leave, basically. Um, So it's really cool. So we're partnering with organizations in the community to do like um, STI tests, HIV tests, pregnancy tests. We can do on-site telehealth visits like in the same day. So if like technology is a barrier or um, you don't have, you know, a a safe place to do that sort of thing, we'll be partnering with those organizations who sort of have those relationships with people in the community already um, and just sort of like bring them what they need in terms of like reproductive health. So I am, that, that is a very amazing thing that I get to do and that fuels me. Um, And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I think there's a lot of opportunity ahead in that, regard. Um, so I'm excited for that. And I'm doing this podcast and another podcast and speaking at a conference in October and speaking at a conference in November. So like cool stuff is happening. I'm just also like still waitressing and making coffee and like trying to pay my bills and like get out of the hole that grad school put me in, but we're doing it. We're getting out there and we're doing it. And I'm trying to like do photo shoots again and like get back to the gym and like the things that like brought me so much joy prior to like the world crumbling. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, balance, right? Yeah. There's, there's so much happening. I, I feel like I've had, you know, again, zoom is such a blessed curse because I feel like even just this year, I've had so many opportunities to 
speak and guest lecture and present, whereas, you know, otherwise folks probably wouldn't have wanted to, you know, pay for my travel to come to their conference or maybe they would have, but I wouldn't have been able to like get away from work and I can hop on Zoom and do it in an hour. Um, so, you know, it, it, we have seen those opportunities and I think we're, we're finding those things that fulfill us, um, outside of our, our regular jobs, but it can also be kind of difficult, um, because I feel like, I don't know, there's, there's just always, you know, participating in a board meeting on what would have been my day off, um, and using that sort of downtime for these like additional opportunities, but those are what, I love to do. So I feel like we have a lot coming up. Um, we're so excited to get back into this and um, connect with with all of our listeners. Um, and we appreciate your patience as we've been sort of navigating this crazy thing called life. Definitely. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, we're really going to try to um, get on a more regular like recording schedule because now that I'm done school, um, I really, this is going to be something that Mal and I Um, really make a priority and want to see grow and turn into something even more amazing. Um, And please, 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 if there are any topics that we haven't covered um, that you would like us to talk more about or um, any questions or anything that you have for us, like you can always, you know, reach us on social media and stuff like that. Um, But please let us know because we, like we said, like this is our platform, but we also want to, be as much of a resource for you guys as we can. Um, And we want to know what you want to hear more of. So um, yeah, definitely. Any last thoughts, Mel? I don't think so. I'm just excited. Every time we do one of these, you know, I feel like it takes us a while to sort of schedule and we're like afraid we're not going to be in the right headspace. And then we sort of get on and I just feel like it's cathartic for us too. And it's good always to talk to you. I miss you. Uh, I'm excited to see your face at some point this summer. Um, So yeah, thanks for, you know, making time for, for this and uh, yeah, it's been fun. Awesome. Yes. And we will do better about making time. We, we make time for the things that matter and sometimes grad school just has to take priority over everything, including your happiness. So we're back at it. But as always, you can find us on social media at with Maze and Mal. I don't remember. And then Mal is at Curb Cuts and Cocktails. And I am at the Mazinator. Uh, find us on social media and listen to us on, I think we're still on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're probably there. If not, let us know and we'll get there. So all thank- the things. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you again very soon.